We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy football. It is Friday, October 2nd. I'm Nick Whalen. Joining me today as he has the last couple of weeks, is Rotowire's own Chris Benzine. Chris, we're entering the final weekend of MLB play as the postseason approaches. We have the AL wildcard game that starts on Tuesday already and the NL wildcard to follow. That'll be between the Pirates and the Cubs on Wednesday. Still a lot to be settled in the AL, though. We have the uh, you know, we, we pretty much know who's going to be in uh, as far as division winners. Toronto's locked in. KC's locked in. Texas hasn't quite clinched the division um they hold a three-game lead over Houston so basically they just need to win one game this weekend and, and they have that but they have clinched a berth so we're looking at the AL wild card the Yankees have already clinched that first wild card spot uh but some combination of the the Astros Angels and Twins one of those three teams is going to be in um do you have a a, a team that you're looking at that's going to end up clinching that spot and what's going to be a pretty crazy weekend I don't know if I have a team that will necessarily going to clinch it but uh definitely I would say just having that game advantage for Houston uh that's definitely a big benefit there they just need to win I think I, I'm not sure if they need to win all three to well, make it for sure. there's, there's some tiebreaker scenarios there well but, I mean uh, if if the Angels and the Twins lose out they they yeah. can lose out too I mean it, it doesn't really matter none of the teams are playing each other yes um we do want to note just the kind of unique situation with Hurricane Joaquin coming up uh on the east coast this weekend there were supposed to be 15 games Friday 15 Saturday and 15 Sunday as usual now we only have 12 on Friday. There's been three rainouts already. The Miami-Philadelphia uh, game, the Baltimore-New uh, York Yankees game, and the Washington-New York Mets game. So those games have already been moved to Saturday. So now we're looking at an 18-game slate on Saturday. So that obviously prevents, or prevents, excuse me, presents a lot of opportunities uh, uh, for DFS plays on FanDuel. And then we'll usually go with, or we'll go with the usual 15 games on Sunday. It could still change, though, with this hurricane rolling in. You know, they, they rescheduled the games for Saturday, but we're not really sure what it's going to look like at that point. Uh, so definitely the big thing here is just keep an eye. We're not weathermen, but uh, you know, definitely keep an eye on cancellations. You don't want to have guys in your lineup who obviously aren't going to play. 
Uh, so we'll get right into it. We'll start with the Friday slate. And I know a guy you like against the A's is Hisashi Iwakuma. Yeah, Hisashi Iwakuma, he, he did only have one strikeout in his last outing, but he had 10 and 9 in his previous two. Um, the A's really don't have any particular bats that stand out to me. And that game is in Seattle, which is def- which is pretty much a pitcher's paradise there. Hisashi uh, Iwakuma has also had a... Um, had a 2.18 ERA in the month of September, and and he's uh, he's been really hot recently, and I could definitely see him putting up uh, another big strikeout total and just having a good another good all around performance. Uh, he's a little cheaper, I think, than some of the other big name guys uh, like Jake Arrieta is the the most expensive. I believe uh, Hisashi Okuma is only at nine thousand. Jake Arrieta is at twelve thousand seven hundred. So there's a big gap there. And I, I do like Jake Arrieta also. That was another guy that I do like. And he, he pitched nine shutout innings against the Brewers last time with 11 strikeouts. But uh, I feel like the with Iwakuma there, there might be some uh, value in the spending 3700 less on that pitcher. Uh, pitcher if you can, you can add a little extra to the, the pop and the bats there rather than uh, spending that extra 3700 on Arietta and limiting your salary for bats. So tell me about the Royals. They're obviously one of the best teams uh, to target from a hitting perspective throughout the year, but now with everything locked up for them, uh, they've kind of started to switch up their lineup on a daily basis, getting guys some rest, you know, being a little more cautious. What, you know, what's, what's the deal with them going into this final weekend? Yeah, they actually have four guys that are currently listed as day-to-day right now. Um, three of them, I believe, suffered their injury yesterday. Alex Rios was pulled out yesterday with a stiff back, I think. Um, we had... Uh, Salvador Perez had a thumb issue again, and um, Kendry Morales, I believe, had a quad issue. And coming into the day, Lorenzo Kane was also sidelined. And uh, bonus one, Wade Davis is also sidelined with back stiffness. So their closers could, I mean, they're all day-to-day, so it doesn't sound like anything that will be long-term, but there's a potential there to be a number of guys in their regular lineup that are out Friday. All right, so looking, sticking with Friday's pitchers, um, who's a guy you see that maybe isn't a top-flight guy but could give some decent value at a lower price? Yeah, because of uh, those guys in Kansas City potentially being out, I, I like Irvin Santana facing those Royals. Uh, uh, as I mentioned, those players could miss the contest. He, he has a, a pretty decent chance at a victory. He's facing Chris Young, who has been decent, but uh, I'm still not convinced that he's a, a guy that he's not a guy that you're going to be scared of if you're uh, facing him. So he's not a guy that. You say, oh, it's Chris Young, I'm, the chance for a win is down or anything. He's not that kind of guy. Um, he has, he's had double uh, – Santana's posted double-digit points on FanDuel in each of the last six outings, and uh, he's at just 6,900 on FanDuel uh, compared to some of those big boys there and, and could provide a fair amount um, of value there to pair with some of those big bats that you can – at sixty nine hundred, compared to some of those big, the big name guys I talked about, like Arietta, that are twelve thousand, it's almost nearly double, a little less than double. So, um, it, it definitely could save you some money to spend elsewhere and on the uh, bats. All right, now turning to the bats, who is a team that you're looking to stack against a pitcher who might be easy to target on Friday? Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the Pirates against Kevius Sampson. I mean, Sampson's really been struggling all around, both both home and away against lefties and righties. A strikeout rate at just 10.5% on the road this season, leaving a high contact rate and good chance t- uh, players putting the ball in play and uh, getting some 
some hits and getting uh, runs scored, and uh, that definitely racks up the points there. With uh, the Pirates are no really no longer really chasing the Cardinals for the division anymore, as we discussed. So they and uh, they have earned a wild card bid. It's just a determining where they're at. So, but they still do have to win a game to to guarantee that they'll be at home for that playoff division. So. They may give a guy a guy or two a rest, but they'll probably still have their most of their regular guys out there to try to clinch that clinch that wild card home game uh, on Friday. And uh, they have some pretty big bats in that lineup generally, and there's definitely a potential there for their them to explode against Kevius Sampson there. Even though it is not in Cincinnati, it is in Pittsburgh, but they still he's he's just been all around. He struggled recently, and he's or just all around he struggled. And uh, I could see the the Pirates definitely putting up a crooked number on them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving to Saturday now. Uh, I know Zach Greinke is a guy you like going up against what's been a pretty weak Padres lineup for most of the year. Yeah, the Padres have definitely been struggling recently. Um, and Greinke's really been dominant. He's got a 1.680 ERA in the season, pretty decent strikeout rate of 8.05 per nine. Um, the game's in Dodger Stadium, which is definitely a pitcher's park there. Good chance for a victory against uh, Robbie Erlin there, and uh, he's probably he's probably going to be very expensive because of how because of how good he's been as a pitcher. But uh, considering I mean, considering uh, how much I how well I could see him pitching, it's it might be worth paying up for him on Saturday against that against that lineup. All right, we'll move quickly to the stack of the day on Saturday. And I don't think this one will come up as much of a surprise. One of the more productive lineups in the NL, even if it's only gotten them third place in their own division. Yeah, um, I'm going with the Cubs against Tyler Wagner for the uh, for the Brewers there. Uh, Wagner was lit up in each of his first two starts. I believe he spent most of the season at Double A, and uh, he gave up five runs in each of those two last two outings that he's made. He's only made two outings in the majors this year, and each of those two outings he gave up five runs, and he only lasted four less innings. He uh, the Brewers bullpen's also nothing special, so I could see them adding some more runs even if uh, Tyler Wagner goes out early. The Cubs could again the Cubs could still have a normal lineup if they're still in contention for the wild card. So if by chance they do happen to to be alive on Saturday, there's a good chance. And if not, there's still some guys in there that aren't in the normal lineup that you could find some potential uh, value there. Uh, and uh, Miller Park's definitely regarded as one of the better hair parks in baseball, so there's potential for some home runs and, and runs just in general there, and that's really the name of the game in fantasy in daily baseball. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk a little bit about Sunday. Um, you know, we talked before the podcast a bit and just kind of talked about how this is such a crapshoot. On the last day of the regular season, depending on what happens Friday and Saturday, everything could be sewn up or certain teams could still be competing, and, you know, obviously that would only be a handful um, but you know, a lot of starters are unannounced this time of the year. You know, rosters are obviously expanded, and with you know either you know what, how many teams? Probably twenty-eight teams at this point will probably either be eliminated or locked into a playoff spot. So you know, there's just there's just so much up in the air as far as pitching matchups and, and who's going to be in the lineup. So what I guess what kind of advice do you have if you're going to try to play daily fantasy on what could be a pretty treacherous day? Yeah, like you like you said, a lot of the starters remain unannounced at this point, and there are a lot of. Uh, regulars in the lineup that could uh could be missing on sunday definitely the last day a lot of teams will probably be getting some of their players a rest especially teams that are locked in the playoffs they don't they want to make sure that they don't uh suffer any injuries before, right before the postseason uh i would definitely target just look for pitchers that are facing some of those weakened lineups I, that's the thing you got to check out is 
look for, look for those lineups on that Sunday. Look look for guys that are in that uh, look for lineups that probably have some weakened guys. There's probably not going to be regulars for all the teams out there. And same thing for the stacks. I mean, just look for guys that aren't normally pitchers. I mean, you, you can basically do the same thing there. You can find some values there that you wouldn't normally find. Um, you can find some guys that aren't like normally in the lineup and uh there's some guys there that could provide some value even higher in the order that aren't um that are relatively cheap and there could be that that could also help you pair with some big bats in there so um there's no I have no specific suggestions for Sunday at this time I'm not gonna throw anybody out there because of how much is still unknown at this point but uh definitely just keep an eye out on some of the values that could be available in the last day of the regular season all right, you've seen the ads. Your friends are playing. Now it's your turn to get signed up at FanDuel.com. FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other daily site. The money is real. FanDuel is paying out over $75 million a week this NFL season. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1, so anybody can play. Obviously, the, the stakes can get quite a bit higher uh, as you build that bankroll, but anybody can play to start out. You know fantasy football Prove it at FanDuel. Um, I guess we could talk a little bit about FanDuel NFL this weekend as the baseball season comes to a close, and I think most people's attention shifts even more fully to daily NFL. Um, we probably should mention, if you go to FanDuel and you click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner of the homepage, you can use our promo code for this podcast. That's RWDFS, Rotowire DFS. Again, RWDFS. Uh, that's a special offer for new users. That'll allow you to... Uh, well, FanDuel will actually match whatever you put in up to $200. So you deposit $150, that automatically turns in to $300. So a pretty great deal there, or great deal there excuse me, from FanDuel. Again, that's FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. All right, let's talk about NFL Week 4, some of the value plays on FanDuel, some of the guys who maybe uh, are a little underpriced, might be a little overpriced. And we'll start with the QB position Quite a few injuries at the top. Uh, Jay Cutler, maybe not a guy you consider a top QB, but uh, a fantasy productive QB, especially in leagues that don't penalize heavily for interceptions. He's questionable this week. Jimmy Clausen got the start against Seattle last week. Andrew Luck is questionable. This has just been a weird situation. I, I've been away from the wire doing, doing mostly NBA stuff for the last couple of days, but I think you've probably been following the Luck situation a little more closely, Chris. Do you have any kind of read on what his situation is? Um, I believe that he's expected probably to play. I'm not; they're not 100 percent sure yet. But thankfully, that Indianapolis game is at least a, a noon kickoff there, so the inactives and actives should be out before then. So uh, at least you'll be able available to or able to uh, change your laps if, for some reason, Andrew Luck is unavailable for that game, and he is facing the Jaguars. So if he is playing, no offense to the to the Jaguars fan. That's uh, that's wearing a Byron Leftwich jersey currently, um, but, <laughs> but... Just got uh, it in the mail today. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see him putting up some points if he is healthy enough to play. I mean, it might limit him a little bit, so that might be a bit concerning considering his price at 9100 but uh, he's definitely uh, a guy that could put up some points if he's, if he's, def- if he's uh, playing in that game. Um, you got, also, you said uh, Jay Cutler... You had uh, Drew Brees. That's also questionable for that for his contest, and that's a night game. So that's a that's another one that uh, to look out for there. I mean, 
he might be a risky play, especially because lineups lock at noon there. You don't if you uh, if you take Drew Brees and he ends up being out, that could be a big. That's a huge goose egg. Any goose egg is killer, especially in tournaments. So that uh, might it might be a risky play, but sometimes if if you think he's going to play, I mean that's also can benefit you if you go with. It that. sounds like I think it sounds like Brees is going to play at yes. least in his mind. But again, we were kind of in a similar situation last week where. Breeze was pretty adamant throughout the week that he was going to go, and then all of a sudden it comes out, I think it was Friday or Saturday, that he was going to be ruled out. But he looks considerably more optimistic this week. Still might be limited, though, and it, it sounds like this is an injury where it's not really a risk that he could injure it further, but it it's just kind of a pain management thing. So they need a win badly, and I think Drew Breeze knows that. I think that's why he wants to be on the field so badly. But, um, I mean, are there any other QBs that you look at this week and, and values jump out? I mean, I think this is the third straight week now that Aaron Rodgers is the top salaried player at the position he's at 9200 luck sits at 9100 so if he keeps remaining questionable you know for the next 24 hours or so that's a super risky play given his price yeah definitely i i might steer clear of luck especially with aaron Rodgers there at 9200 he's facing uh he's facing san francisco's defense and they've have actually have the uh third worst like quarterback rating against them this season among uh of all the defenses this year so i I would definitely pick with uh stick with Rodgers over Luck this this week uh, you can see the 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 after week 1 the 49ers have really been blown out in the last couple of weeks they're not they're not nearly as good as they showed in week 1 and everyone's kind of expecting them to fall off but it has been dramatic and Colin Kaepernick can't keep the offense on the field so there could be a plenty of chances for that uh that Packers offense to put up some points again this weekend yeah, I don't think that would surprise many people. The only drawback to that is, you know, what if they get up too much in the first half and they start running it? But that really wasn't much of a concern. I mean, they hung 38 points on Kansas City and, and kind of kept pouring it on in the second half as Rodgers finished with five touchdowns. All right, let's move to running back real quickly. Carlos Williams is priced at 6300 which is, I think, a very reasonable price considering LaShawn McCoy has been ruled out and he's basically going to be given those number one back carries. Yeah, uh, definitely. Carlos Williams has... Uh... He definitely proved that he belongs there. I mean, there's there's some questions coming into the year. He's uh, about how good he was, but uh, he's definitely proved that he's definitely able to produce when given the opportunities. Uh, he put up uh, a lot of points last week, uh, and with Lashawn McCoy out, he he's really the main lead back. I think there they have a couple other guys, but I think Carlos Williams should see the the bulk of the carries there again this week and. Uh, he should he could be in line for another big week. Even though I mean that that Giants defense is nothing special, so I could see Carlos Williams given. I mean he had 12 carries for 110 yards last week, uh, and against that was against a Miami defense that was looked or was supposedly supposed to be pretty good coming into the season. So mm-hmm. I could see Carlos Williams being a pretty, especially at 6,300. That's a that's a decent price at running back. Um, and if you're looking to, you know, save a little money at the position, he's another guy that could, with especially with LaShawn McCoy out, again, could put up a, a big point total for that for that price. Yes, absolutely. He's going up against a Giants defense that ranks dead last in, in yards allowed per game. That's rushing and passing combined, obviously, but over 410 yards a game allowed. So a lot to like with Carlos Williams. We'll move quickly through the rest of these running backs. Thomas Rawls is at 6,000. Marshawn Lynch is kind of iffy right now. Uh, he only had five carries in that game last week against Chicago. Rawls obviously went off, had a big game. And Pete Carroll said that if Marshawn Lynch 
does not end up playing or if he's limited, Rawls is going to be the guy. It's not going to be Fred Jackson. So a value to be had there, especially if the Seahawks uh, give, a, give a little more credence to what the status is going to be for Marshawn Lynch. Matt Jones is priced ahead of Alfred Morris, barely. Jones is at 6,300. Morris is at 6,200. But I feel like this is a little bit interesting because Morris is generally still viewed as the number one guy there, right? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, they're, I mean, Matt Jones has definitely shown that he deserves to see the ball some, but Alfred Morris is uh, Alfred Morris just doesn't catch the ball a bit very much, so I think that might play into the fact that they that he's priced a little higher, or that that uh, he's priced a little lower. So, and the fact that they might see some split carries there, but uh, overall, I mean, in general, it's a tough situation to go with, and that. Just the Washington offense has been stumbling recently, so I don't even know even if if I would go with either of those two, especially with the two uh especially with the two potentially splitting carries there. It might be a difficult situation to determine there and it might be a risky it'd be a risky play for sure. And so I don't I don't know if I would skip I mean those the Philadelphia defense has still been okay. It's not been terrible. The offense has been more the issue there and Washington's I mean Washington in general hasn't been great offensively, so I don't see anything like huge value there. So, quick note: the Cardinals, uh, Chris Johnson's listed at sixty-seven hundred. Andre Ellington's listed at seven thousand. Ellington remains questionable, but Bruce Arians did say that if Ellington plays and is active, it doesn't really matter because Chris Johnson's going to be the starter. I don't know how indicative this is of something long term, but I think it means that Ellington is still banged up. So Chris Johnson is probably the guy to target there at a lower salary. Moving to receivers, Randall Cobb's at eighty-two hundred. That's top 10, but still a little bit lower coming off of a three-touchdown performance. Obviously not something he's probably going to replicate, but if Devontae Adams doesn't play, which it looks like he probably won't. I believe he's been ruled out. He has been ruled out. Okay, there we go. So then, I mean, that makes even more uh, opportunities for Cobb. Jeremy Macklin at 6,500 is a value that I like. He's coming off of a big week, uh, finally getting the the Chiefs off the schneid there with their touchdown streak from wide receivers. Leonard Hankerson at 5,600. Not a guy you necessarily want to target, but you know if you go big at other positions, and you know he's the guy that's kind of seemed to take over that number two role behind Julio Jones, who's just vacuuming up targets from Matt Ryan, but haven't seen much from Roddy White. So Hankerson looks like the guy there. Elshon Jeffrey is out this week again. Are you looking at any Bears? Is there anybody worth targeting, regardless of who the quarterback is? Yeah, uh, I don't know if I would target any Bears this week. I mean, well, the actually the uh, Oakland defense has been struggling a bit so that if if Cutler's maybe in there and healthy enough to play I mean Jimmy Clausen hasn't done much at all with the opportunity and the Bears offense in general has been bad but you might be able to target a guy either like uh, Eddie Royals leading the team there you got Marcus Wilson they have a really cheap guy so if you're looking for somebody that a potential flyer for tournaments or something they have some cheap guys there um and they could be worth a play if you're looking for a guy that just to fill out a roster at the bottom there because now you don't have like a top guy like an Elshon Jeffrey. I mean, probably Martellus Bennett will be the, I would assume, top target guy now in that offense, him and uh, Matt Forte out of the backfield. But uh, both uh, they have like Eddie Royal, Marcus Wilson, and Bellamy. All three of those guys could potentially see more targets, especially – because, I mean, the Bears generally have been behind because of how poor their defense was, so there might be a lot of passing involved, and if that's the case, those guys might be some values. And I would like to mention something really quickly. I did, it does say that Devontae Adams has not been officially ruled out, but he's it's looking more – he's like a very slight chance to play apparently. So Yeah, I think it's, like given this matchup, I don't think there's really much reason to throw him out there. Not that this is a guaranteed win for Green Bay, but 
you know, the 49ers haven't looked great, and I think mm-hmm. they probably like their chances without him. All right, let's talk tight ends quickly. Eric Ebron is the guy who jumped out to me this week. He's only at 5,100. That's 18th. Uh, obviously, there are some duplicate prices, but if you scroll down, he's listed 18th on FanDuel. Um, and I don't know if he's necessarily going to give you the huge production. And, and it's worth noting that there's, there's a little more parity at tight end this week just because Gronk is on by. So you have Jimmy Graham still. Is, he's been number two pretty much all year. He's still he's number one this week at 6,600. But I think Ebron's a really good value, a guy who, who already has 20 targets through three games. And that you know and he, he's in an offense that also has Golden Tate and Calvin Johnson. So he's being targeted uh, a healthy amount. He's topped 50 yards in two of the three games. He has two touchdowns. I just think as of right now, he has a pretty a pretty high floor. Maybe not the highest ceiling, but he's a guy that is, you don't really see him you know, giving you nothing. So if you're looking for a guy, if you don't want to spend big at the tight end position and you want a guy who you know, is probably going to give you a minimum of three or four catches and 40 or 50 yards, I think Ebron's a good guy to target. Um, is Martellus Bennett somebody you're looking to? Maybe the best receiving option with Alshon Jeffrey out in this Bears offense? Yeah, like I mentioned before, I think uh, Martellus Bennett definitely could be definitely receives probably the biggest boost there because Alshon Jeffrey definitely uh he's been out missing the first few weeks obviously that Bears uh offense has been pretty stagnant over the first few weeks here but uh Bennett is definitely uh one of the cornerstones of that offense with with uh with Elshon Jeffrey Elshon out Jeffrey. yes um I mean he hasn't I mean he hasn't done a ton but he's given he has uh 13 catches through three games for 118 yards and touchdown. That's still pretty healthy stat line. He's only at 5,500. And like I said, the Oakland defense, I mean, there's, there's nothing special going on there. So there's uh, assuming, I mean, there's the other options right now without him are Eddie Royal. Like I said, the Marcus Wilson Bellamy, I, I could see him being the biggest beneficiary of Elshon again, being out. And this week they'll actually be facing a defense that gives up a fair number of points to, to offenses in general. So that, there's potential for some points there for him. All right, I think that's all we have. We'll keep this one a little bit shorter. Thanks for listening to the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Podcast presented by FanDuel.com. FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football. Good luck in your tournaments and leagues this week. Good luck in your season-long stuff. Um, you know, let us know. Tweet at us. You, Chris, what's your Twitter handle again? Uh, at Crispy27202. So it's, is, uh, is that it's the, a bit long. Yeah, it's, but, uh, is that the traditional spelling of Crispy? It is the traditional C R I S P Y. That is the traditional spelling of of crispy. But uh, yeah, so feel free to hand. Yeah, uh, let, let Chris know. Let I know if you have any 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 lineup questions. You can tweet at Rotowire. We'll try to get back to you as soon as we can. But uh, you know, good luck in daily contests. Good luck in season long contests. Survivor pools. Whatever you might be in this week around the MLB or NFL. They're gonna kill the love of my life Daisy! if I don't go back to what I was doing this Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.